0: Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I hope you're having a really great day today. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and as always, I am so glad that you are back to spend some time with me. I think today's topic is a very important one, and I'm hoping you all enjoy it. And we are going to be talking about primal on a budget, okay, which is really eat for fat loss, eat for health on a budget. You guys know that I am not one to beat around the bush when it comes to my opinion on these types of things, and I think there is a lot of misinformation out there, and there's also a lot of excuse-making out there, people who want to argue for the reasons they can't change or improve, and I think it's bunk, and I'm just going to lay it out there. Can it be more expensive to eat whole foods or adhere to a primal paleo lifestyle than the standard American diet? Well, sure, of course it can. Does it have to be? No, you choose that. You determine that. Can you actually end up saving money? Yes, there are expensive and inexpensive ways to do absolutely everything. Eating whole foods... Eating healthy, eating paleo or primal, or eating for a fat loss does not mean shopping at Whole Foods and being a purist, spending hundreds of dollars a week on, you know, grass-fed this and organic that. Can it mean that? Sure. Can you eat that way and buy those things? Of course. Do you have to? No. Can you reach your goals, get healthy, and follow a paleo or primal lifestyle or just a whole foods-based healthy lifestyle without breaking the bank? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, I mean, let's let's think about it for a second. Eating processed foods can be very expensive or it can be very inexpensive. Eating unprocessed whole foods can be very expensive or very inexpensive. And, you know, like I said, you get what you look for. If you're looking for a way to make this fit within your budget so that you can reach your goals, there is a way. But if you're looking for excuses and you want to argue that it's too expensive, well, then you'll find that too. You get what you look for, right? That's just the way it is with all things in life. If you're looking for excuses, money is a fine one to use. It's not true, but I mean, it'll work if you're looking for that excuse. So today I wanna talk about how you can be very budget conscious and still eat very well, still eat great whole foods that will help you reach your health and your fat loss goals. And I wanna say, I am a very budget-conscious individual. You guys who know me and maybe have followed my story on the blog or are regular listeners of the podcast know that a few years ago I paid off all my student loan and other consumer debt by getting like super, super strict about money, super conservative, and then before I started Primal, sold my house because I am what I like to call financially conservative and you might call cheap and you would be right because I am. So yeah, I do indulge in some higher-priced food items from time to time, but I also probably spend less than the average American consumer because I don't eat all that crap and I don't eat that much because I eat foods that really satisfy me. I don't have the need to snack, so I might spend up on some things. You don't have to, I just choose to, but still overall, I don't spend all that much money, right? It can be done with a tiny budget and it can be done with a huge budget. It is what you make it. You get what you look for. So let's start off before we dive into the nitty gritty with the 80-20 rule and how it applies to eating on a budget, okay? Eating well, eating for fat loss, eating primal paleo on a budget. The 80-20 rule states that 80% or more of our results come from 20% or less of our efforts or actions. So basically... There are a small number of factors that are responsible for the majority of our results. And I know you, regular podcast listeners, are probably yawning because I talk about 80 20 all the time. But, guys, this is, I really want you to tune in because this has so much to do with our grocery choices and our budget choices. So, there are a small number of factors that are responsible for the majority of our results. There are tons of total factors, total options total things that could play into the equation, but only a few of them are the primary drivers of results. And this is super true when it comes to grocery shopping and picking foods, especially the more expensive stuff. It comes down to what I call on the show the big rocks, and the small rocks. Big rocks are those choices and habits and functions that are responsible for driving your fat loss progress. They're delivering your results. We want to focus on those big rocks. The small rocks, that's all the other stuff. The little factors that, sure, they can help. They're, they're good in and of themselves, but they do not drive your results. They are not primarily responsible for whether or not you reach your health goals or your fat loss goals, okay? In the scheme of things, they are not really a big deal. They won't hurt, but they don't really move the needle, okay? And when we have, which we do, finite amounts of attention and money and time, we do not need to sweat the small stuff. Leave the little rocks alone. Now, Once you have mastered the big rocks, you can move on to the little rocks, okay? Once the big rocks are totally nailed down, concrete habits, the little rocks become more meaningful. So when I was starting out, I focused in the first hundred or so pounds of my weight loss on only the big rocks. Now, those things for me in my journey are very habitual and easy. So the little tweaks and fine tuning, those little rocks are more meaningful for me now at this point than they were for the first hundred pounds or so of my weight loss, okay? So this is very, very important when we consider eating well on a budget. I'm not saying that the little things don't matter, I'm saying they're little things. They do not drive your results. They can help, but they become most significant only after you've adopted, and not just adopted, but really mastered, the big rocks. So let's get real and speak plainly before we dive into the details. What are the small rocks that I'm talking about when it comes to budget-conscious shopping for fat loss and health? Small rocks. Organic is a small rock. Grass-fed is a small rock, wild-caught is a small rock, non-GMO is a small rock, hormone-free is a small rock. All the things that people freak out about in terms of price are small rocks. It's not that they are not important, okay? It's just that they are not the most important, and we want to focus on those things that are going to drive results, okay? Okay. The big drivers of your results are the big rocks, and those little things that people get hung up on being so expensive, those are the small rocks. For me now, where I'm at in my journey, having mastered the big rocks, the small rocks become more important, but for 99% of people out there, they really need to focus on the big rocks, the thing that drive those results. So what are those big rocks then? And I mean, we have entire episodes devoted to the big rocks, and I will link to them in the show notes. But when it comes to fat loss, what we really need to be focused on and not get hung up on the nuances of organic this and grass-fed this and wild-caught this, that stuff is important, but it is not most important and it is not where your focus should go initially. The big rocks are going to be, number one, limiting processed foods. And guess what? When you do that, that saves you money don't drink your calories. Again, that saves you money, right? Have a fat loss breakfast. Emphasize fat, protein, and fiber from non-starchy vegetables in the morning. Number four, keep your carbs at night. And again, I've gone into the details on this on previous episodes that we will link to on the show notes for this page, uh, for this episode over on primalpotential.com. And then Know what you're eating. Cleaner is leaner, and when we cook for ourselves versus eating out, that can have a big impact on fat loss progress, and again, that saves you money. So if you want the details on more of the big rocks and the details of the big rocks and what you should do not do, all of those episodes will be linked up on the show notes page over at primalpotential.com. So let's think for a second about all the things you actually save money on when you transition to this lifestyle, which is a point in and of itself to emphasize. You can transition, take your time, go at your own pace. You don't have to trash your pantry and your fridge. You can if you want to, but I am a huge advocate of building habits gradually, one at a time, often one meal at a time. But seriously, think about all that you're saving on, all those processed breakfast foods you're not buying, cereal, bagels, English muffins, bread, oats, granola, breakfast bars, all of those processed snacks, chips, cookies, crackers, pretzels, candies, trail mix, meal replacement or snack bars, flavored yogurts, That stuff you're saving big money on, all the stuff you buy in a box or a bag, the rices, the pastas, all that kind of stuff, your processed beverages, sport drinks, pre-workout drinks, soda, sweet tea, the savings are remarkable. But again, you get what you look for. Transitioning to eating whole foods or eating for fat loss, eating for hormone balance, eating for health is not about eating perfectly clean all the time, or eating tons and tons of protein and healthy fats, right? That's not it at all. If that is your perspective, then it's your perspective that's the problem and not your budget, okay? It is about eating whole foods and limiting processed foods. The processed foods are less food than they are chemical creation, and they're not doing anything for your health or your fat loss, right? There are no rules about adhering to the highest quality standards. It's just about eating whole foods and limiting processed foods, shopping the perimeter of the grocery store instead of going up and down the aisles. Are there purists out there who will tell you like you're screwed if you ever put, you know, a uh, non-organic piece of produce in your mouth or if you eat farm-raised fish? Listen, there's a spectrum, and it's just about improvement. You do not have to be a purist. You have to focus first on the big rocks and gradually implement those as habits. You've got plenty of time building that habit before you need to worry about, is this small rock going to move the needle for me? Okay? Here's another really important point. When you eat whole foods and you eat for hormone balance, the foods that you are choosing— are both more nutrient-dense and more energy-dense than the processed foods that you might be used to. So you can eat less because the foods you're choosing provide a higher satisfaction factor and have you feeling fuller faster. Plus, you eat less because you need to eat less. When fat loss is the goal guess what? You need to eat less. So that saves money in and of itself. And then number three, you are getting more nutrition and more energy for less total food intake because of the vast difference in nutrient density between the whole foods and the processed foods. So again, you get what you look for. It's not about being a purist. And feeling like if you don't go organic grass-fed, you're doing it wrong. That's not true. This is a spectrum, a journey. Ask yourself, what is one degree of improvement that I can make? Maybe next time you go to the grocery store, you leave out two processed foods and you add one whole food item. It is okay to go one degree of improvement at a time. Now, beyond that, kind of transitioning to practical implementation strategies, I do want to outline some very specific strategies for saving money when you are eating whole foods or eating for fat loss and hormone balance. This one is so major in terms of saving money every trip to the grocery store, and that is to buy seasonal produce. Now, depending on where you live, that varies, but a simple Google search will tell you about seasonality wherever you live. You pay a premium, a significant premium oftentimes, when you are buying things out of season. Seasonal produce is always cheaper, right? You pay so much more to eat a watermelon out of season because it costs more to grow it out of season. It costs more to travel to you from somewhere far away where it can be grown in that season. So do a Google search about seasonal produce for your area and choose those things. That can have a dramatic impact on your grocery bill. The other thing is, and this is an option for many people, maybe not all, but that's okay, you pick what works for you and you discard what doesn't, buy local when you can. A lot of areas have farmer's markets or even a local farm stand in small areas, or many grocery store chains feature local farmers, so buy local. Take advantage of those whenever possible, even if they're only seasonally available. Local produce usually tastes better and is far less expensive than something that had to travel very far to you, so buy local when you can. Another one, and this seems obvious, but gosh, I see people screw this up all the time, and I think all of us can relate to this, only buy what you know you're going to eat, right? I mean, so many times we have these great ambitions of being able to cook all these meals, and we end up throwing away, you know, 20, 30, 40% of what we buy at the grocery store because we didn't get around to cooking it before it spoiled, so don't do that. You would save money. Going back to the grocery store a couple of times during the week, then stop stocking up at once and then having it all spoil because you were over ambitious, right? So don't do that. Don't shop based on your intentions. Shop based on your reality. That change alone, I guarantee, you, will save like 90% of you some good money. And I prefer to shop more often rather than let stuff go to waste, right? Another thing, you know, a lot of people have um, Costco's or BJ's, buy meat in bulk. There are lots of things you can buy in bulk and save. Now, I understand that spending the extra cash up front can hurt a little bit, but If you freeze the extra, you will save over the period of a month a lot more than if you're just buying your meat week to week, right? So consider buying in bulk. And that doesn't mean you need a membership to, you know, the BJ's or the Costco or the Sam's Club or whatever else. Um, You can do this through local farmers. You can do this oftentimes at regular grocery stores. They have more uh, high volume meat options and just break it out into individual servings so that it's easier to Thaw when you're ready, but buy in bulk. And you can do this with nuts too. Although I will warn you, if you buy nuts in bulk, you better have some dang good self control because if you're like me, you'll just be like a little squirrel and you'll eat the whole thing. So only do that if you can avoid the continuous snackage that you'll be tempted to get into. Another strategy is to shop online, okay? And I'm not just talking about for your staples. So one thing, I'm a big coffee drinker. I buy my coffee on Amazon. Why do I do that? Because I save money when I do that. So there are staples, non-perishable staples, that you can buy online, but I also love getting my meat and fish online oftentimes. It's delivered straight to my door, and often it comes in single-serve packages because a lot of times we throw away meat when we cook it, and then we never get around to eating the leftovers. So single-serve packages frozen delivered to my door, I save money that way because A, it's cheaper up front, and B, it sets me up to have less waste because it's not not spoiling in the fridge or I'm not cooking a whole package and then not eating the leftover so Two places that I love to buy meat or fish from online, and I will link to these in the show notes, are Sizzlefish, and that is a North Carolina-based company, and I've talked about them before on the Omega-3 episode, uh, but basically, they do all sorts of very high quality fish delivered straight to your door, frozen in individual serving sizes, so I can pull out one filet of fish, and I don't have to, I mean, I do not want to eat reheated fish, I don't know about you, I'm great about leftovers, but not so much with fish. So that's what I love about them. And the other one that I love is out of Texas, and it's called Broken Arrow Ranch. So oftentimes, especially when they do sales and specials, you can save a good bit of money shopping online. The other thing is to plan your meals so that you're not just going to the grocery store willy-nilly and be like, oh, this looks good, that looks good, and then you have no plan of how to put it together or you're missing out on other ingredients plan your meals, but be realistic. If you know that you've never in your life cooked seven nights in a row, don't buy groceries to cook dinner seven nights. The other thing that I do is I always make enough for leftovers. So unless it's fish, because I don't like to reheat fish, but and everybody will hate you if you reheat fish in a microwave at work. Trust me, I hate those people too. Uh, But what you can do is make enough at your dinner that you have lunch for the next day. So then you have less total prep to do, less going to waste, and you're getting more bang for your buck, especially when you buy in bulk. And then keep some staples on hand. I always make sure that I have canned tuna or canned salmon. That way, if I don't have time to get to the store, I'm not running out last minute to get something more expensive like a rotisserie chicken or eating out, right? When I'm short on prep time, I always try to keep quick and easy options, whether it's eggs or canned salmon or whatever. And don't be a purist. If you can afford to be a purist... go for it. It's great. Fantastic. Congratulations. When I mentioned on a webinar the other day that I regularly, like multiple times a week, eat canned salmon, someone was like, you eat canned salmon? I thought that was super low quality. Well, you can buy low quality fresh salmon too, or you can buy high quality fresh salmon. Same with canned. You can buy low quality canned salmon or high quality canned salmon. But ultimately, is it better than like pasta or a sub? Absolutely. So again, you can choose high quality when you want to spend a little bit more, but that is the small rock. Master the big rocks. Whole foods, not processed, emphasizing fat, protein, and fiber from veggies and limiting those carbs at night. Another strategy is to grow your own produce. Now, I kill everything I try to grow, but one thing that I can do is grow fresh herbs just like in the kitchen, right? I mean, When you buy herbs willy-nilly or even dried, you can spend a ton, but it's not hard at all to just have a couple of things you use most often, whether that's basil or parsley or whatever. Whatever you use most often, you can grow that in your kitchen windowsill for most of the year and save a good bit of money. Now, that's a little thing, but it adds up. And then this one goes without saying, but look for sales, right? Figure out what's on sale when you get to the grocery store and plan your meals according to what is on special. Now, obviously, the sort of purest version for buying meat is to buy the grass-fed organic, right? But if you can't, don't sweat it. That is not a big rock. Instead... When you prepare conventionally raised meats, here's what you do to lower the impact of toxins that might be in that meat. Trim the fat instead of eating it, okay? Before you cook it, you know, get kitchen shears and trim the fat off because in humans and in animals, much of the toxins are stored in the fat. So if you cut the fat off, that's great. Or after you cook it and or. Drain the fat. Don't eat it, okay? If you're eating high-quality meat, don't stress about the fat. It's good for you. It's good, healthy fat. But if you're using conventionally raised meat products, trim the fat first and then drain it or, you know, remove it from whatever you've cooked after cooking because that's where a lot of the toxins are stored. So there's always workarounds, right? Keep it really simple. That's the other thing. I see so many people get really overwhelmed because they're following all these fancy recipes that require them to buy special ingredients that are crazy expensive and they'll rarely use them. That isn't necessary. Sure, it can be great every now and again, but if you're trying to be like Julia Child, it's going to be a lot more expensive. Take a meat and a vegetable. Boom, done. I keep things so simple. Yesterday, my lunch was bacon and eggs and Brussels sprouts cooked in the bacon fat, right? I routinely take frozen chicken thighs, which chicken thighs in general, fresh or frozen, are very, very inexpensive, much less than chicken breast and tastier too. Now, if you buy conventional non-organic, trim the fat first but I'll throw them in the crock pot with whatever I have on hand. I don't need a fancy recipe. Sometimes it's just chicken stock and veggies. Other times it's coconut milk and that's it, like a can of coconut milk. You can keep it very simple. You don't need fancy recipes every night. Heck, grill a steak and grill some veggies alongside it. Make a burger and skip the bun. Make an omelet. Make some chicken salad. You will spend far, far, far less if you aren't following all these fancy hoity-toity recipes. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. If you love that and you have the, the spice drawer to make it happen and you have the money and the time and the energy, more power to you. I'm coming to your house for dinner, but it's not necessary. The other thing is, and this is a soapbox moment here, Don't be afraid to buy frozen vegetables. There's nothing wrong with that. Can fresh be better? Sure. Does fresh taste better? Oftentimes, yeah. But honestly, that is a small rock. When affordability reigns supreme, buy the frozen vegetables. I always have frozen broccoli in the freezer. Always, 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 always. For sure, for sure. And then again, eat your leftovers. Don't just let them sit in Tupperware until it's time to throw them away because there's stuff growing out of it. Eat your leftovers, plan to eat your leftovers. Now, remembering that there is a spectrum, some people want to splurge for organic on some things and it's not as significant on others, okay? So you can prioritize what you want to upspend on. And I'm sure many of you have probably seen or heard about the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. This is a way of prioritizing what foods are worth going organic for and what ones you probably can get away with without much damage. So I will put these in the show notes, but the dirty dozen, the dirty dozen, the ones you really want to, if you're going to spend organic on anything, which again is a small rock, so you don't have to, I'm just throwing this out there. The ones that you would probably want to upspend for if you have the budget, the dirty dozen, celery, peaches, strawberries, apples, blueberries, nectarines, bell peppers, spinach and other leafy greens, cherries, potatoes, grapes, and lettuce. Now, there's something that all of those have in common they are not peeled. You eat the skin, okay? So celery, peaches, strawberries, apples, blueberries, nectarines, bell peppers, spinach and other leafy greens, cherries, potatoes, grapes, and lettuce. There's no, like, protective barrier. So that makes sense, right? Anything that was sprayed on those items is going to be still there, right? I mean, you can wash it well, but still, they don't have a protective thing like a banana where you peel it, right? So generally speaking, if you're looking at things, if there is no outer protection, that would be something, if you are going to upspend on organic, that would be something worth going for, but it doesn't mean you have to. Now, the clean 15 are going to be things that... You probably, if you're not going to buy everything organic, these are the best ones to go conventional on because they're naturally less exposed in most cases because they have some type of protective uh, barrier, but not in all cases. Okay, so the Clean 15, and again, I'll link to these on the show notes over at PrimalPotential.com. Onion, avocado, sweet corn, pineapple, mango, sweet peas, asparagus, kiwi, cabbage, eggplant, Cantaloupe, watermelon, grapefruit, sweet potatoes, and sweet onion. Okay, so in those cases, most of those things have some type of barrier that you do not eat, and that is why, okay? So I will link to those up on the show notes at primalpotential.com for the clean 15 and the dirty dozen, if you have room in your budget for choosing organic for some things but not others. Now, when it comes to eating out, people will say there's no way it's so much cheaper to eat the standard American diet than to eat whole foods or stay paleo or primal when you're eating out. And that's not true. In fact... Um, The other day, my trainer actually posted this on Facebook. (laughs) He had gone out to eat twice in a matter of a couple of days, and he said, an all-natural Chipotle chicken burrito bowl with no guacamole was $6.94. Then he went to Wendy's. He got a grilled chicken sandwich combo with fries and a Frosty, $7.25. So you get the all-natural chicken burrito bowl, at Chipotle, right, which is all uh, organic and clean, $6.94, or you get your chicken sandwich and fries for seven twenty five dollars at Wendy's. So, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't have to be. You get what you look for. When you're eating out, drink water. You don't need to drink your calories, right? You don't need the alcohol. You don't need whatever. If budget is a concern, drink water. Skip the sides, Focus on meat and veggies. You can often save money, never mind at least break even. You can always order a burger and not eat the bun. You don't need to add fries. So it can be done. And the takeaway is this. When you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. So if you argue that you just can't afford it, I mean, okay, that's what you've told yourself, so that's what's your reality, but it doesn't mean that it's true. It's just what you have accepted. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. I will link to all of these details in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. Please do let me know if this was a helpful episode or if you have follow-up questions. The best way to get in touch with me... Is by getting on the Primal Potential VIP email list. Head over to primalpotential.com on your way to check out these show notes. Right on the homepage is a sign up box. You also get a free cheat sheet on carbohydrate strategies for fat loss to get you into fat burning mode when you get on the email list. And then you have direct access to my inbox. So let me know was this helpful? What questions do you have? What struggles are you working through? What topics would you like me to cover in future episodes? So I hope this was a big help. If it was, share it with somebody who might benefit from saving a little bit of money trying to make a healthy transition with what they eat. And in a few days, we'll be back with another episode. So I'll see you then. You've always had what it takes to make it happen. And we know the right tools can make it easier. At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by chef.